Craft Beer Radio interview from Savor with Garrett Oliver from Brooklyn Brewery. We're here with Garrett Oliver from Brooklyn Brewery. How's it going? First of all, congratulations on a fantastic talk. We really enjoyed the cheese and the beer pairing talk that you did before. It was great. The salon. Oh, thanks. I had a really good time myself. And uh, after all these years, you know, every time I do it, I still learn something myself. So it's always fun. You know, I, I find it interesting, the whole beer and cheese phenomena, because when I try to tell people who aren't really into that into beer too much, who just, you know, had their Budweiser there, had their Coors, and that's what they think beer is, I compare it to cheese for them. And I say, imagine only having American cheese for your entire life, not knowing the great, you know, all these debris and these triple crams and this, this blue cheese that's out there. And that is what I compare the craft beer industry to. So I think it's interesting that not only do they really work as uh, as a good way to you know as a good way to compare and it's a good analogy, but also they work together. Well, it's it's absolutely true, and it's funny. You know, I think that it won't take long before the whole idea of American cheese kind of goes away. I can tell you, I know a lot of American cheesemakers, and they're very offended by the idea that craft slices or something are called American cheese by Americans, because as far as they're concerned, they make American cheese, like real cheese. And as far as we're concerned here, we make American beer. And now, when you go around the world, what's interesting is that American beer is now the inspiration for brewing worldwide. Whereas 20 years ago, we were virtually a joke. You know, when people thought of uh, American beer, they thought of, you know, only something that tastes like water. Now they're thinking of things that uh, that they want to emulate and, uh, and learn things from. And we're thought of as the most creative brewers in the world. And it's been a fascinating turnaround that now it's a two-way, it's a two-way street. We don't, we don't just take all of our inspiration from Europe. We give some inspiration back. And that's really cool. Things that sort of defy convention, that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that if you go to Germany, they make wonderful beers, for example, you know, but only in several styles. And, you know, in Germany, they don't really make new beers. You know, so a brewmaster might go through his entire career and make the same three beers that his predecessor made and never make up anything new. Whereas here, we're more like chefs. You know, and not only do we have our regular things, but then we do the specials all the time. And you know, we want to keep moving. We want to learn new things. We want to take on new inspirations. And I think it's kind of, you know, it's more fun to be an American chef, and I think it's more fun to be an American brewer. You mentioned how uh, German brewers, you know, brew the same three beers their entire life. I'm curious, when you approached Schneider Brewery to brew the Hoffenweiss, you know, were they excited to get to brew this hybrid German-American type thing? I mean, how did that come into being? Well, more excitingly, they actually came to us. Uh, but that was a matter of, I mean, Hans-Peter Drexler, who's the brewmaster at Schneider, he and I have been friends for 10 years, and he'd visited many times, and over his visits, he kind of turned into a hophead. But, of course, he's a vice beer brewer, so he doesn't get a chance to make hoppy beers very often. So when he came and said, hey, let's do a beer together, the first thing I thought was, you need to get your hops on, you know, because I knew that he wanted to play with that. So the whole idea of doing the two uh, versions of the Hopfenweiss uh, was for us uh, a lot of fun, and we're really happy at how the beers have turned out. They were so popular in both Germany and the United States that we've done both of them again, uh, and they're both out on the market again right now, so it's cool. We live in Pittsburgh, and that's where we do the podcast from, and we haven't seen the, the Berliner Schneider or the Schneider Berliner you know, available in Pittsburgh, but we went to Chevy Chase Liquors right down the street, got them both. So very soon on our show, we'll be doing a head-to-head comparison of the Hopfenweisses 
Excellent. I'll have to listen in. You know, I think it's uh, fascinating to think that they're essentially the same beer, made to the same recipe, same yeast, etc. And the one, well, it's not the only variable, of course, because you have two different breweries, but the main variable is the fact uh, that they have two completely different sets of hops. And, uh, and that, you know, I chose their hops and they chose my hops. And that's what I think makes it a lot of fun. And uh, I think it's true what we say on the label, that it's really a blend of, of great German tradition and quality and American innovation. It also seems like Brooklyn Local One has really taken off in popularity. I just see it more and more every day. I'm curious, you know, how yours, how its popularity is doing to what you maybe expected in the beginning. And is it more popular or is it about where you expected it to be? Well, I mean, I think it started off really well, and it, and it's continued well. The only thing I would say is uh, the downside is that many people were under the impression, um, and maybe we didn't make it clear enough, that it was like kind of a one-off, and that it would go away. So they kind of expected it to go, and they had a few bottles, and they didn't look for it again. Or some people didn't reorder it because they thought that it would be unavailable. And now people are, as they're realizing that it's a regular beer that we produce all the time, uh, now things are really taking off in a big way. You know, and it's, uh, it's been out there for a year, and, uh, you know, we're really happy with the beer. People seem to be enjoying it, and, uh, you know, and I think that's what's, uh, you know, that's what's really important. I mean, you know, the sales are great. I mean, we've got two containers going to Finland. Okay. Uh, I mean, you know, 40-foot container. This is a lot of beer. I mean, uh, we, we actually sell 10% of our beer in Europe. You know, and, uh, and and that's really cool. So, you know, to be sending containers of a beer like that to Europe really, you know, kind of says it all in a certain way. I'm kind of curious because this is, you know, a huge event. There's lots of great stuff happening around here, lots of great beers. From a brewer's perspective, aside from your beers, what has been the best pairing you've had so far tonight? You know, I would love to be able to answer that question, but unfortunately, or fortunately, I've met so many great people standing here behind my booth here, but I did the beer and cheese tasting earlier on in the evening, and uh, and then basically I spent almost the entire evening standing right here, uh, pouring our beer for people and talking to people and taking pictures and signing books and, and whatever else and just, you know, meeting, uh, you know, meeting people who are interested in what we're all doing. And uh, I, I've had a few wonderful beers. I mean, Pliny the Elder from Russian River, which I always enjoy. Uh, and the Palo Santo from uh, from uh, 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 from Sam over here at uh, at, at uh, Dogfish Head, but I haven't had an opportunity to really get out there. I didn't get to any of the food. You know, uh, we're we're kind of here to like meet you know, you know meet the beer fans and talk to them and whatever else. And as as much as there's a part of me that would love to like sit down in a corner and you know and, and snarf down some food, you know, people came to talk to us and we're happy to talk to them. I have to commend you. I was at the Great American Beer Fest. We, I interviewed you there. You might remember yeah, me yeah, on the balcony. Yep. And uh, Saturday evening session, I think you were the only brewer still behind the table. Well, I really believe in that. I mean, that's what we're out there for. It's not, you know, I'm not out there on a vacation. I mean, I'd love to be up in Rocky Mountain National Park, too. Um, but, I mean, I think people have a right when they come in the door to come and, and, and meet the brewer. And it's not just pouring, you know, the beers. It's, uh, uh, I, I really want to put, even though we don't sell beer out there, um, so most of the people who come are not going to have an opportunity anytime soon probably to buy our beer. But that's not really what it's about. I mean, people have either, you know, uh, had our beer somewhere or read my book or, you know, seen us on television or whatever else. And they want to talk to you. And I think that, uh, you know, if, you, if you're not there, you know, that's kind of like not being just, you know, respectful for the people who are really supporting you. So, all right. Thank you very much, Garrett. <laughs> cool. Thanks. And we hope you enjoyed this craft beer radio coverage of Savor. 
To find more, visit www.craftbeerradio.com slash saving. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit www.craftbeerradio.com for more details.